0: This is the Tribune Audio Network. Hi. Hi. Happy Friday. Yay. But also happy Tuesday to our listeners. Listen, you made it through Monday. It's Tuesday. You got this. Congratulations. But for us, it's Friday. So whatever. Whatever. Although we have to tell you, I know this was maybe going to be a secret, but I'm just going to spill the beans. Do it. Um, We're in the office where we Ugh, work such a bummer in a conference room and we're drinking coffee hot, hot beverages <laughs> coffee <know>. and tea <laughs> so it's not the usual fun but don't i mean we're Thursday still
1: shindig we have I we're still really
0: goofy though yeah well we don't need alcohol for that no we're just flipping weird doesn't matter
1: <laughs> right <laughs> it doesn't matter but let's talk about what we're drinking Oh, OK, cool.
0: Um, OK, so I am drinking a... So I can't drink coffee. I'm just going to give you guys the heads up on that. It's a sad state of affairs. Uh, when I very sad. <laughs> when I was pregnant with my son, Declan, I um, was really sick. I had hyperemesis, similar to Amy Schumer. So if you saw mm. how sick she was, that's how sick I was. In the hospital multiple times, etc. Um, And so I couldn't drink coffee or really eat or drink anything so then uh after I was done being pregnant aka I gave birth to an adorable baby boy um I tried to drink coffee so much detail I know I'm sorry (laughs) but I I started to try and drink coffee and every time I drank it I would literally throw up do you hear what I'm saying to you yeah I wouldn't drink it either So I can have, like, one small cup of coffee a week. Do you miss, like, the smell of it? Yes. Or the, Um, So I sometimes, like, I would say about once a week, I'll stop and get, like, a small cup of coffee just to, like, Mm -hmm. savor it. Mm -hmm. But I have to drink it really slow. And I still don't feel great afterwards. But it just tastes so good. Okay. Okay. So moving along, I'm drinking a hot tea. (laughs) Getting down to the business. Uh, I'm drinking hot tea. It is Earl Grey Supreme. From Harney & Sons. So shout out to Harney & Sons. You love their... You both love their tea. Yes. We also just discovered Republic of Tea. Oh,
2: Very delicious.
0: Yeah. I have not had that. I might <gasps> like it more. Ooh. Oh, really? They
2: have than Harney & Sons? They have yeah. so many varieties. Oh. Like this blueberry tea is delicious. That's what Kenny, I'm drinking. Kenny's obsessed with it. Oh, yeah.
1: I can't do a fruity tea. Oh, really?
0: The blueberry yeah. one is... Fruity. I feel like it
1: I like more like chamomile, like the sauce. I don't
2: think it's like too fruity. No. No. No.
1: I would I
0: mean I would try yeah. it, but I say try it. But I would like to say that Earl Grey Supreme just means that there's like a little vanilla oh. sitch mm. happening in bergamot, which I don't know what that is. Oh. Anyway, what are you drinking? That sounds
1: fancy. I am drinking well, this is my second round. The first round this morning I had Dunkin' Donuts mm. from my house. Mm and this round is also dunkin donuts from our keurig machine at work oh. which is crusty and gross <laughs> and isn't it tastes it like a burnt ashtray oh isn't it it's that new but it's, everybody uses it and oh, yeah. nobody
2: like that's part of the reason i stopped drinking coffee at work yeah like the first week when we got the new machine loved it and then it just slowly declined
0: you guys should get your own mini keurigs for your cubes i'm not a fan of the so. keurig yeah i you know, I, I never have, really
1: was either i feel like you can taste the plastic in it this is sponsored by Keurig. Just
0: kidding. <laughs> They're like, you guys are doing a <laughs> shitty job.
1: I feel like it tastes like a burnt ashtray. It's fine. I'm drinking it. It's almost gone. Great. It doesn't matter. Great. Get it, girl. So I'm all hopped up.
0: Hmm. Feeling fly. It's Friday. We did not get paid, we did but not it's not OK. Get paid,
1: but it's fine.
0: Um, I have exciting news. I tell I it. Very exciting news. You already know it. I already know it. OK. I'm going to pretend like I don't. Here are, here are two items that I would like to share. We got... Three new reviews on the Apple podcast app. Thanks, guys. And I would just like to read one of them because I was giddy as F. So uh, it's called Wine, Survival, and Wit. It's from RER is Excellent. I don't know. It's interesting. It said, as a huge MFM fan, which is my favorite murder for those who don't know. Which we love. Which we are obsessed with. um, I was definitely reluctant to give you a try. I absolutely adore what you do. Hints of MFM with a perfect mix of your own uniqueness. Highly recommend to every wine loving, true crime listening person. A. Guys, give us a chance. I mean, we're just telling you that people who like my favorite murder sometimes like us too. Sometimes they don't, but so, sometimes yeah. they do. Yeah. Try it's it your out. your choice. Though. Yeah. Give you it a decide. whirl. Um,. The other one that I really liked was, I found this podcast last week, and I've binge-listened to every episode. The hosts are hilarious. Thank Aww. you. And the stories they choose are very interesting and well-covered. Give it a listen, and you'll be hooked, too. So that one's from Candice. I might have read that already last week, but- It's fine. None listen. Remember. There's another one, too, but it's from my friend. So oh. I, I feel like it's a great review. Thank you, but Weatherman Cam. To, but she didn't have to- Well, this one was from my friend Cam. So right. it's, it's a guy. Oh, he. I mean- Yeah. Okay. I love that name. Yeah. It's a cool name for a guy. Thanks. I mean, I'll tell him. I'm into that. (laughs) He'll probably hear this and then he'll know. Cam, I'm into your name. Um, Okay. And then one other thing. I have a hometown. Okay. So, Erin is a girl that I actually um, went to college with. And, um, you know, we haven't, we were acquaintances. We haven't really spoken since college. We follow each other on social media. So, I don't, I I mean, I don't really talk to her. Mm -hmm. So, this came out of the blue and I was like, So touched that she reached out, Um, but she has a hometown uh, survival story. So she said, OMG, Jenny, I finally caught up on the episodes I missed. Recent drive to Ohio, whoop, whoop, and episode 11 about elevators. Holy crap. She said, when we were living in Venezuela, we lived in an apartment with a personal elevator that came directly into our apartment like a front door and a service elevator outside the back door stairwell, you know, groceries and housekeepers. And that she has a smiley face. No, I don't know. No, but we okay. don't know what you're talking about. But it sounds fabulous. Mine's called a back door. It's yeah, fine. Um, Lucas was nine months old. That's her son. And my other two, and and my other two, and husband had just left to go downstairs to play, while well, the elevator was weird and occasionally stopped and opened at our apartment empty. Before you think ghost, remember this: that it was Venezuela. Everything was broken. Still is. Oh. Mm-hmm. I've not been to Venezuela, so I, I can't. Admit. I don't know. Uh, it opened like that for no reason, and I totally underestimated Lucas's speed as he raced towards it. Oh God! I yanked his legs just as the doors were closing. The last thing I saw was his chubby baby arm in between the closed doors, and it began. And it being Venezuela, they didn't have safety sensors or anything. I had to pull his arm, try and push uh, him, ooh, and push the open button as I heard the elevator start to move. Oh my God! <whistles> Worst nightmare ever yes I got it out just pink and he was probably more scared than hurt but after that I kept having nightmares of half his body being stuck in it and it started to move so I made everyone lock the elevator door and start using only the service elevator like poor people that was quoted by her that's not what I'm saying that's how our neighbors looked at it but whatever we were already American imperialists it was so scary um so anyway She said she likes the episodes. She loves when she shares uh, the best ways to prevent accidents like these, like laying flat on the elevator floor or waiting for water to fill the car before you try and open the doors. So um, she says that she likes our podcast, but it gives her nightmares. Um, (laughs) Great. (laughs) But she won't stop listening. Don't worry. You're welcome. So anyway, love this podcast. So proud of my fellow Red Hawk. So thank you, Aaron. And hopefully Lucas can listen to that. I adamantly tried to not drop any F bombs. What's a Red Hawk? Uh I mean, it's, it's your mascot but it's from Miami of oh. Ohio.
1: Go Red Hawks.
0: Go it used to be Redskins and then there was a lot of political correctness oh. that came about. So they're so like, they let's replace it. it with a hawk. Yeah, it's a pretty cool looking logo. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna be honest. But it's more than Kent States, which is a flash. What's a flash? A lightning flash. Oh. I mean, let's be honest though, we've discussed how scared I am of lightning. <laughs> <laughs> that's true so I'm terrified. But sometimes it's
1: also a bird. I don't know. They need to get their stuff together.
0: I would say use a lightning flash. It's scary. Yeah, go, go flashes. Great. Whatever that means. Um, okay, that's I mean, I feel like I just rambled for like a lot. No,
1: that was great. Thank you for sharing. Hey, no problem.
0: Yay, okay. what are we doing now?
1: You're up. Jesus.
0: Jesus Jenny
1: does not have a computer or paper in front of her. She's freeballing it again. Free this week.
0: I'm very nervous. Let those balls
1: loose. Get in there. Swing them around. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope Lucas you know, isn't listening anymore. <laughs>
1: my friend <laughs> Luca, Lucas, turn your radio turn this off, or not radio, but turn your podcast off. Um, my friend told me that I sound like the lady from Sweaty Balls on SNL. <gasps> the voice from the uh, Sweaty Balls NPR. Well, I-
0: Is it the NPR skit?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, the sweaty ball.
0: Well, my my friend, like, my friend Megan, told me that that's what she envisions us looking like. Is kind that of, we sit yeah. that we sit next to each other in ugly sweaters and talk? We should do an episode like that and kind of video it. Oh my god, let's do it for Christmas! Great, perfect, done. done. Plan, Your done. turn, okay. go. Okay, <sighs> I did put three notes on my phone, so I'm gonna pull those. Up. It's okay. I
1: copy and pasted my entire story, so you're good.
0: <laughs> okay, so I am doing the story. Uh, the survival story of kelly groves and um it was in well she's from san juan capistrano california and she's a teacher um she has three kids sage wilder and milo um so sage and milo are both girls and milo's the youngest sage is the oldest and then Mm -hmm. wilder is a little boy who is in the middle um so Basically, she decided that, um, well, her daughter came home, Sage, the oldest, and said, Mom, I have a school project that I need to research. And, you know, I already forgot her name. Is that bad? Kelly? No. Yeah, Kelly. You got it. it. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm so nervous. Um, So (laughs) this is the first time I've done this with, like, nothing. Um, Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Uh, Kelly went to, um, said to her daughter, hey, why don't we... Go ahead and drive up to this location for your historic school report. Wow, power mom. Well, she was on maternity leave with um, Milo, the youngest, who was only 10 weeks old at the time. Um, And so she thought, I have this extra time. I might as well use it. Her son and her um, husband were going to a motocross rally. So she was like, great. The boys are going to this, like, boy thing. I'll take my two girls sage and milo i'll put them in the car and we'll go up and check out this historical location great so um one of the problems was is her car uh had broken down about a week before which hadn't bothered her before because she's home on maternity leave and didn't really need to go do anything um and if she needed to, she could just use her husband's car. Well, he was taking his car to drive to this motocross thing. So she called her sister, and she said, hey, my car is broken. Can I please borrow your car? I want to oh take god, the girls. I know this story. I want to take the girls up to this historic location. You know this story? you know this story. And it's phenomenal. It's amazing. It's insane.
1: I didn't mean to interrupt you. But no, I can't gonna-
0: believe you're doing this without anything. Are you? I know. I'm it's- so proud of you. Go. Oh, my god. I can- I'm panicked. OK. So, um. Her sister says, yes, of course. So she takes the girls over, uh, gets the car. Her sister says, hey, don't roll down this one window. It's been acting finicky and gets stuck. And then you won't be able to put it back up. Um, She's like, fine, whatever. Whatever. Uh, so it's this little BMW and, um, her sister had nicknamed it blue cause it was like a deep blue color and they got on the road and they started driving. And I think it was probably about, I want to say a four or five hour drive to where they were going. Wow. She is power mom. Yeah. I, that's, it sounds awful with a, like, with a new baby you'll figure it out <laughs> um but i think she thought it was why fun. i'm not a parent <laughs> <laughs> so um they start driving and um you know they had to stop to eat and you know whatever whatever and it's with a baby you kind of have to stop if baby gets fussy um but they were only about an hour away and they were super excited to get where they were going and they were going to get there before this place closed i i apologize i do forget exactly where they were going it was a, sto- a historical situation. It's somewhere important. Yeah, it's Whatever. somewhere important. Do I remember it? Nah, of course not. So, um, they're about an hour away, and they're 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 on the one hundred and one, which is up the coast mm-hmm. uh, in California, and uh, there's a a part that kind of comes inland more and goes kind of through the rolling hills of California, mm-hmm. um, and they were kind of passing through all these rolling hills, and um, suddenly. She noticed uh Kelly noticed that there was a a diesel truck like a big um you know like semi next to her that was kind of swerving into her lane a little bit. So at first she kind of slammed on the brakes and honked and then she kept going cuz she thought I should get around this guy. Mm-hmm. Um and then suddenly the truck just sideswiped completely Terrifying. while they were on a bridge. So they're on this on this road over a mm-hmm. huge ravine. The um the, the semi-truck comes over. Basically, it crushes the BMW and pulls it with it. The truck actually flies over the bridge into the ravine. And like l- there was a guy who witnessed it. And he said it was like a snake going down into the ravine. Oh. And it exploded when it hit the bottom. Oh, my god. The car was completely crushed. And it had somehow hooked itself onto the side of this bridge. Mm-hmm. And so it was dangling off the side of the bridge. It's like all of our fears in one situation. Yeah. I hate I hate driving my
1: semi-trucks. Bridges, semi-trucks. Perfect. Great. Hanging from a metal. Death trap. Death trap on a bridge.
0: Yeah. With so, your kids in the car. With your kids in the car, which is, of course, I was like having a heart attack yeah. this whole time. Um, <clears throat> oh, credit to In An Instant, which is like my new favorite thing to watch, apparently. Um so they're hanging off this bridge. And at this point, they had all been knocked unconscious because, obviously, they just got crushed by a semi-truck. Um, Kelly wakes up, though. Uh, she's still strapped into her seat belt. She's still in the front seat. Um, she kind of uh, comes to and realizes what has happened. Mm-hmm. And she looks out of the front window and realizes that she's hanging from something, that they're not on the road. The terror. Like, Yeah. <laughs> like what i'm sorry what's happening now
1: and and to stay calm because your kids are in the car with you yeah you can't just freak out
0: well so she reaches back and um she can she can feel milo but when she looks over her shoulder to see what's where sage is that part of the car is like completely crushed and sage is the older one. sage is the older one um i think i want to say she was like eight or nine at the time um yeah, the, that part of the car is completely crushed. And so she thinks, oh, my God, Sage got thrown from the vehicle because um, oh, one thing I forgot to mention is, is she did put both windows down in the back and they both got stuck down. And so now she's worried that her kids got ejected out of the win- the open windows. Yeah. Um, so she starts freaking out. She starts screaming for Sage and she can't she can't see much because of the angle she's at. So she can't see. She thinks that her her child's like on the bridge, like ejected before they went over the edge. Okay. Um, Then she starts panicking and thinking, what if she got ejected into the ravine? Because she can see what happened is the floorboard of the car came out. No. And so where her feet were supposed to be, she could see down into the ravine. And she could see the truck. And she could see it on fire. And she was like, what if my child is down there?
1: And it was probably hard to see because of the smoke. And like, Yeah, you're
0: also confused and... Yeah, disoriented. So she she finally twists her body enough to look in the back seat. And um, she sees Sage has blonde hair. She sees blonde hair sticking out from all the crushed metal. Oh, my God. And she immediately thinks she's dead. Like, my daughter is dead. And in the back seat. Yeah. So she reaches back and she can squeeze her hand kind of into the metal where she Mm -hmm. sees the hair. And she starts like pushing on sage's head and saying sage please say something please say something and miraculously sage comes to and says mama please help me at this point though there's nothing she can do Um, not only is uh kelly trapped um she also believes that her pelvis is shattered because she can't move her legs um The baby then starts crying, and she reaches back and touches the baby. And when she pulls her hand back, her hand is covered in blood. Oh, my God. So she's now panicked because her one daughter is trapped under a huge pile of metal that was the car. And her uh, baby, who's 10 weeks old, 10 weeks old, that's tiny, is covered in blood and crying. So she doesn't know what's going on. Um the guy that had witnessed what had happened, he assumed everyone who had been in that accident was dead. Mm-hmm. He had called 911 and said, hey, there's this terrible accident I just witnessed. You need to send some, some people. There's a fire. There's probably fatalities. You need to get someone here right away. So he walks up, and then he hears Kelly screaming. Oh, my god. So he's a tow truck driver. Um, he then calls 911 again and says, you have to hurry. There are people alive here. And the car is dangling over a bridge. Dangling over a bridge.
1: So even as if I were Kelly, and I'm sure she doesn't know that they're, well, I'm sure she knows they're dangling, but I'm wondering also, I would be afraid to yell or scream or move because
0: what if the wrong movement is going to knock the car, like. Right. And she doesn't know how precariously it's caught on the bridge. Like they don't know what, so um, there was another person who had witnessed it um he's not in the documentary but he basically came over and started trying to open like car doors and stuff um to try and rescue these people Mm -hmm. and the tow truck driver was like dude get off the car you're gonna make it fall and kelly is pan like don't make it fall oh my god my my kids are in here my kids are in here it's insane and then so fire um police Highway Patrol, um, wait, yeah, fire. Oh, ambulance. Yeah, they all arrive. Everyone arrives. Um, they have no idea what they're going to do. Because at first, they're like, we have to get this car off the edge so that we can get in there and save these people. Mm-hmm. But they have, like, an engineer that's there. And he says, "I, can't, this bridge is jacked up. Like, I can't put a crane on this bridge to lift that car or the whole bridge is going to come come down. So this, this semi-truck basically damaged the entire centerpiece of the bridge, and then her car is now hanging off that. Mm. So now they're like, what do we do? We have to get these people out. And, and uh, ho- or Kelly is saying, um, you know, my daughter Sage is in here, and she can't breathe. There's so much metal pressing against Sage that she can't take a deep breath in, and she also is having a hard time exhaling. So she's just taking these short little shallow breaths. Yeah. She's also coming in and out of consciousness. So they're, I mean, they're on a time crunch because of the car, but they're also on a time crunch because Sage is not. Sage is not doing well. And they have no idea about the and baby. They, yeah. Um, so the firefighters start getting in there with the jaws of life, which I'm sure you've seen. They're mm-hmm. terrifying. They look kind of like a, I don't know, like a chainsaw, but with yeah. like jaws instead of a saw. and. They start trying to pull apart. So they, he, one of the um, highway patrol guys said, you can only push, pull, or cut the metal. That's all you can do. Um, so they're trying to do all those things to try and relieve the pressure that's on Sage. But as they're doing it, they can feel the car moving. Mm-hmm. Because the, there's guys who are basically getting on top of this car with huge machinery and they're pushing and pulling on it Mm -hmm. and they don't know exactly how secure it is yeah you have no idea how it's hooked onto this bridge so they actually use the um the guy who had the tow truck they used all of his like wire or not wire but like rope cable cables and things um to try and secure the car so they like um triangulate it so they try and get like Different parts of the car hooked with the rope, and then they, tr- then they hooked it. In case it falls. Yeah, or- and they hooked it onto um, the tow truck. And not to try and tow it off, just to, like, stabilize it yeah. while they were trying to cut. So they're there. They're cutting. The car is still moving a lot because the ropes are not strong enough to really hold mm-hmm. the weight of a vehicle. Just think of the the noises. Oh, God, awful. If you're Kelly sitting well, there
1: hearing the creaking and the... One
0: thing that was happening, too, is... Um, there was still that fire going on below from where the tanker truck had, or not oh tanker God. truck, but the diesel truck had um, caught on fire. The tires of the tanker truck started exploding. Mm-mm. So it was making these huge popping noises. And the heat.
1: Do you think the heat Ugh. would affect them too? I just feel like it the, would be
0: awful. Just the smoke from and From every heat. angle, shes it's bad news. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. can see it all because there's a hole in the floorboard. She's a front row seat, literally. Yeah. She's like, this is the worst. So this whole time, she, all she's doing is, so there's a firefighter that comes over. His name's Greg. And he's super sweet in this documentary. And he basically is just trying to keep her calm. And all she keeps saying is, please save my kids. Please save my kids. I have a baby. I have sage. Like, you need to save my kids. Um, and she keeps also saying, don't let us fall. Don't let us fall. And Sage had no idea what was going on because she was crushed in the back seat and mm-hmm. couldn't see out any windows. So she didn't understand what that meant. Don't right. let us fall. Right. And she talks in the documentary. So don't worry, Sage makes it. Um, she's talking in the documentary like, I didn't understand what was going on. Like, wh- why was my mom so upset about falling? Right. Um, she had no idea that they were hanging off Thank the god. Or a uh, bridge. So um, here's the best part. I was like, well, this is very dramatic. And then all of a sudden, it just got 10 times better and more dramatic. And I was like, yes. Um, I mean, yes, in a this is right. a crazy story sort of way. So um, there was a a couple of Navy CBs, which I don't know. A lot of people, I didn't know what a CB was. Um, and a CB is basically uh, Navy construction. Okay. So they were coming from... I don't know, training or something like that. So they were in this line of traffic waiting. And they had a huge industrial forklift on their truck. And so they go up to the police officers and the firefighters, and they're like, hey, we're Navy CBs. We have this forklift, and it might help. And the one police officer basically said, "Okay, yeah, you can direct traffic. And this Navy was like, um, his name was Michael. He was like, um, that's not what I meant. I meant I have a forklift that can help us. So they walk away. And then like 40 minutes later, they're like, this is ridiculous. So they come back over and they say, this is what we want to do. We're going to go on the other side of like on the southbound, I think, side of the bridge. OK. Um. That So there was like a southbound side, then the ravine, then the northbound side. And so he's like, we'll go to the other side, to the other direction. And we're going to take our forklift and we're going to stabilize this car. So he's on this other side uh, with his huge, I mean, this forklift was huge. It was like the length, like, you know how you see forklifts at like Costco, mm-hmm. our favorite place to get wine? Mm-hmm. And they're little and they lift pallets. No, this is like industrial army strength. It's like a story high or something crazy, if I remember. Yeah. It's huge. And it's huge. And the like the actual fork part was like as wide as her car. So it was perfect. So he gets over there, and he is, Michael, this Navy CB, is so nervous. Because he's like, I've never had to do this with people mm-hmm. in a vehicle before. So, And they could fall, and th- it could all be my fault. Uh-huh. Um, and he had kids and things, so he was thinking about that. Um, but he gets in there. He gets the forklift. He puts it directly under the car. Um, right before he gets under the car, though, Greg, the firefighter mm-hmm. who was trying to keep Kelly calm, says... Hold on, hold on. Her feet, because her feet were hanging out of that hole in the oh floorboard God, yes. of the car. And he's like, you're going to cut off her feet. So Greg says, Kelly, you got to pull your legs up. And her pelvis is broken. Mm-hmm. And she's like, OK, OK, I, I can do it. So she takes her arms. She puts them under her thighs. And she pulls her legs up. Probably the most painful Amazing. thing. Amazing. And then they put the forklift under the car and stabilize it.
1: Also... The one documentary I watched a long time ago on this wasn't it also like the um, navy contractors or whatever they were running late for something and if they would have left on
0: time yes if they had been five minutes earlier they would have missed they the accident yeah
1: right like something held them up or like they were yeah. running late and they were all frustrated about it and yep. if they wouldn't have been late they wouldn't have been able to help exactly right? yes that, yes that's did I true read your story I'm sorry no 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 that's okay.
0: totally true okay. Um so. They're there. They stabilize the car. They aren't trying to push it up onto the bridge because obviously there's people inside and they don't know what that'll do Mm -hmm. to like the formation of the car at this point because it's basically like a big flattened piece of metal. Like it doesn't look good. Um, So they have to get Sage out first because she can't breathe and probably has the most injuries. So at this point, they're cutting again with the jaws of life and one of the firefighters looks at the the Navy um, CB and says, "Hey." Can I stand on this thing? And he's like, sure. Oh, God. So he ties himself off. Like, one of his buddies holds the line. Here, hold this rope. He climbs over the wreckage of the car and wow. onto the forklift. And he, I mean, there's a big, I don't what know if you guys hero. know what a forklift is, but there's a huge hole in the middle. Yeah, one wrong step. You're, you're going down. Yeah. So he is um, cutting, they finally get Sage out. They pull her out. Um, and that was from the bridge side. They pull her out. Okay. Um, there was a tiny hole that they finally made, and they pulled her out. They got her on a, a board. They put her on a helicopter immediately, and she was life flighted. Um, the guy who was standing on the forklift was taking the baby out, which oh. they no one was sure if the baby was alive yeah. because it had stopped. This little baby had stopped making noise. Oh. So everybody thought the baby had perished, and they were like, everyone was prepared for him to pull, basically, a deceased baby out of the backseat of this car. Mm-hmm. He reaches in. He grabs Milo, 10-week-old baby, and like the Lion King, holds this baby up oh, over his head, and the baby, as soon as he like puts her up, her arms go straight out, and her eyes fly open, and she's fine and everybody starts clapping oh my god! like insanity like how is this baby still alive I don't right. understand right so now it's mom's turn so Kelly the guy on the forklift he moves over to her and he says do you think you can get out the same way that we got sage out and she's like no I think my pelvis is broken I can't Get out that small, and he's like, "Okay, we're gonna get you out the front windshield because it's already shattered." So he's pushing her while people are pulling her from above. So he's pushing her from below because he's on the forklift below the car. So he's underneath, yeah, and he's pushing her and people are pulling her. And he said it it was like she was she probably could have climbed out of that car all by herself. Like she was so ready ready to to get out.
1: And I'm sure she wasn't strapped to anything. So if like she. I don't know. What if she fell through? I mean, I know the forklift was underneath, but I'm sure there was still a space where she could have. I mean, yeah, it just,
0: yeah, yeah. She wanted to get out of there. Get the hell out of there. They strap her to a board, and they're like, "Okay, we only have two helicopters, so we're going to put you in the second helicopter." And she's like, "No, put Milo in the second helicopter. Just put me in the ambulance, and like, I want to make sure that my baby's okay." And they're like, "Kelly, your baby is fine. Your baby seems to just have a few scratches." And and she's like, "I'm sorry, what?" So she finally says, "Okay, fine, I'll take the helicopter." So um, she gets to the hospital, and um, Sage is in surgery for a ton of time because she had, uh, I think, she had a shattered pelvis, huh. a shattered femur, um, just like a lot of surgery yeah. to try and fix some that of this stuff. Be. Yeah. Um, but she came out fine. I mean, she's walking, she's talking. She's totally fine these days. And um, Milo did get checked at the hospital. But like the guy said at the scene, Milo was fine. This 10-week-old baby just had a couple scratches on it. it in the back. Yeah, a couple scratches on its head and face. And otherwise, totally fine. Wow. Not so. And then, um, like she suspected, Kelly did have a shattered pelvis. And um, so she was in the hospital with, Mm. with Sage for a while. You know, healing and things like that. And um, her husband was about to leave for this motocross thing, and they called and said, "You need to get to this hospital." And he said, "Your, you know, your wife's been in an accident," but they didn't really say how severe it was. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Okay, yeah, I can." He's like, "It's on our way tomorrow when we're going to this motocross thing, so I'll just swing by on the way." And they're like, "No, sir, you need to come right now." I feel like as a husband, you should just go right away anyway. Agreed, but I'm not here to judge. I'm just like- I know. I just thought it was an interesting part of the story where he was like, yeah, we'll swing by tomorrow. It's like, no, you're you're coming now. So he came, and then he didn't realize until he picked up a newspaper at the hospital, and they had pictures on the front page of oh the accident. God. And he was like, holy shit, my kids and my wife were in this accident? And they survived? And they survived. Like, it didn't look like anyone should have. Yeah. Yeah um we'll post pictures because i've seen the car i mean it's, it's not so incredible and the um it's just i i'm so mad because the driver of that truck mm. was high on meth listen fuckers and he had the one of the police officers said he had four times the amount of meth that they normally find in someone who's pretty doped up on yeah. meth. yeah like, like it was an intense amount. Like what are you doing? Why are you driving a truck like that if you're high? Like <sighs> it's it's the worst. So, but the good news is is so bad all for his family because they probably have a lot of guilt with, probably, you know. know. But I would like to say it's amazing to me that those three women survived mm-hmm. this accident that they hung in there literally for I think it was 2 plus hours while they were trying to rescue them and I just have to say like good teamwork. She actually, Kelly held a cookout for, um, all the, the first responders and the army, uh, the Navy guys that had come and helped. And just like she said, I don't know how to thank you any other way. Like you gave me my life back and you gave my girls a future and, um, they're just such an adorable family. And I'm so happy that, it turned out that way because yeah. I was, when I was watching this, I had never heard of it before. So I was like, oh no, is one of these kids going to die? Cause I'm going to lose it. Yeah. No, they all survived this crazy accident. And that is the story of Kelly Groves. That an a good job. You hey. did it justice. That was great. Thanks. And you had
1: not, you weren't looking at anything.
0: Nope.
1: Oh, I love, I've seen that. I think it was a dateline maybe too. Yeah. Um, a, long, a while ago and it, I was so same thing where I was just like oh my god this is not gonna end well
0: yeah I kept thinking like there's no
1: way this there's no end way well. and I'm like the kids have to survive or they wouldn't maybe do it and then they all do and you're like it's great what? good job That's amazing thanks and it's uh, a
0: lot of facts too in that so and I did not use anything you got it all up in your noggin I just have to watch it the night before we do this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to read mine. Okay. But before you do, pause for a second. Can we actually pause this?
1: Hey, everybody. We really hope you love Sip Survivor Pete. Did you know that you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds insane, but it's true. We just discovered this free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays
0: you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts and you earn Podcoin while you listen. Then you turn that Podcoin in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you're a good person, you can even donate that Podcoin to a charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Download the
1: app right now on your iPhone or Android and have a, and we have a special code for you. Simply use our code SipSurvive and you'll get 300 Podcoins just for signing up.
0: And if you listen to enough of us on there, you can get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. You're welcome. So go ahead and go listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and sign up with code SIP SURVIVE. I swear, it'll change the way you listen to podcasts. It did for me. And me. Okay. Okay, we're back.
1: What are you doing? I'm doing... The survival story of Amanda Eller. Dun dun dun. Who's Amanda Eller? So I'll tell you. Oh, okay, perfect. (laughs) Do you want me to tell you a story? Okay, (laughs) tell me a story. Here we go. (laughs) Okay, but I'm going to start off with the search coordinator. Okay, his name is Chris. I'm not going to. I'm going to mess all these names up. It's fine. His name is Chris Berkowitz. Okay, and um, he was recently unemployed. Uh, He was an arborist. And that means I'm, you
0: like trees. Yes.
1: It's a tree thing. <laughs> so Amanda had gone missing. It, this is a very recent story, and Kenny actually gave this to me. Oh. She um, went missing early May in Maui. She went for a hike. <gasps>
0: oh, my God. My friend yes. told me about this one. Yes. Megan, we're doing it. Shout out, Megan. OK,
1: go ahead. Um, so, But I'm, I'm going to talk about Amanda. But first, I want to talk about the search team that found her. So Chris was an arborist. He lost his job. Because he was fired from his job because he was putting too much time into the search. So he was like, what? He was just really into it. He was maybe missing a lot of work because he just, he was into this and he wanted to help. So Mm. I just thought that was interesting. Um, He said his boss was frustrated with his time he spent on the search and, um... All the amount of time he was spending with the volunteers and the organization and stuff so um, he didn't have a paycheck but he had a lot of free time so he <laughs> led the effort and on may 20th 2019 16 days after searching chris along with javier cantaloupes or cantaloupes i feel like cantaloupes is too easy like it can't be cantaloupes
0: i'm gonna say cantaloupes but okay okay
1: and troy helmer were scanning the forest from a helicopter which was paid for by Amanda's father, which I'll get into. Mm -hmm. And about 150 feet above, um, a roaring waterfall and jagged cliffs – They saw a a human presence among the branches, and Chris actually made out the figure. She was in faded yoga pants and a dirtied white shirt, and she was waving barefoot in a static, and she was rescued. (gasps) So I just thought it was cool that he had some internal calling to help lead the search rescue, lost his job, and he was actually the one that found her. That's amazing. back to Amanda. So Amanda Eller, um, here's her story. She was 35, or she is 35. Um, she's a physical therapist and a yoga instructor in, um, Hawaii. She was born in Maryland, but she moved to Hawaii to pursue her, to pursue her medical career. And she was described as a physically and mentally strong person. And she really felt that Hawaii was her home, even though she was from Maryland. Like she,
0: I feel like Hawaii is also my home.
1: It, can it be my home as well?
0: We're moving. Can we move there and <laughs> podcast from there?
1: <laughs> rate, sus- rate and subscribe. That'll and help us get, get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So she vanished on May 8th after going for a three-mile planned hike. Um, her friends that she said that she often jogs on trails and is very outdoorsy. Um, so she's not, you know, they weren't worried that she necessarily got lost. They were more worried that she got injured during her hike or had been abducted or harmed in some way. Yeah. Because she was just so outdoorsy and, and, and knew the area. Yeah. So she's basically the opposite of me. And me too. Okay, yes. great. Yes. Um, So this particular hike or journey, she went, according to this one article, to unplug and meditate. So she left her phone in her car.
0: No. Her water
1: in her car (gasps) and anything else she would normally take with her. Because she was like, it's only three miles. I do this all the time. And I just don't, you know, I don't need it. Okay. But you do. You do. Lesson. and you then guys. this article also said she also left her compass. Girl, I'm, not, I'm not sure she all, like, she probably didn't
0: take a compass all the time. But Can I just say, though. I feel like they were just adding that. If but anyone ever says, like, hey, this is how you get here. You go west. I'm and lost. then you go north. I'm like, can you use left and right? Can you show me where Lake Erie is? And that's how I know where north is. No, I just need <laughs> you to say left or right. What are we
1: talking right. about? I know. What the fuck? OK. And this forest that she was in is about over 2,000 acres. So it's a, it, it's very Big. jungly. Large brush, like it's... Is that a technical word? Jungly, yeah. <laughs> I'm coining that. <laughs> okay, good. Don't take it. TM, um, trademarked. So she said that she got turned around on the hiking trail, although Kenny read an article, too, saying that she felt like a calling to go deeper into the woods like she heard a voice oh almost oh. do you want to talk about that Kenny a little bit
2: yeah it was like she said she heard like a spiritual internal voice telling her to go a certain way which
1: I love um but I'm, I'm like not, creeped out by that I know yeah. but then she got lost so I don't so know. what was that voice that voice was probably evil maybe don't listen to that voice I don't know. just as I suspected yeah <laughs> um maybe she had a lot on her mind which is why she was going to meditate maybe that's why yeah. I mean I don't know whatever she got lost so she got turned around on the hiking trail um and she got lost in the northwest slopes of the halakia volcano nice so which is a lot of tropical ash and uh, everything just looks the same so i, I see love tropical did. ash i do too i love running in it um she during this while she was lost she fractured her leg <gasps> on the third day she ate moths
2: how did she fracture her leg do we know
1: um we don't know oh, okay. she um, ate moths she also lost her shoes in a flash flood girl you it gotta was be careful with your shoes she lost her shoes she um they had also had a recent storm like a really bad storm before this so a lot of the trees or like markers that you would usually use to identify were like torn down or like it, it was just a bad situation mm-hmm. well it there was another really bad rainstorm, and then she lost her shoes in that and fractured her leg. So she was in bad shape. Um, let's see. Where was I? So she lost about 20 pounds during these 16 days.
0: That's more than a so pound a lot, day. I know.
1: Before she was rescued. Well, she was
0: eating moths. Oh, which... she fell off a cliff.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that would I have it in that, my notes here.
0: You know what? That makes sense.
1: <laughs> she fell off a cliff. I don't know how high the cliff was, but she fell off it and fractured her leg. Not great. Yeah. Um, and uh on several occasions this heart, this part broke my heart she heard helicopters buzzing overhead but she couldn't reach them because the brush was too thick like they couldn't see her so Ugh. she knew they were searching for her but she just didn't they couldn't see her um mm-hmm. she also later told reporters that her heart was telling her um oh my god kenny it isn't here can we cut this out
0: uh, you can just say it again yeah just say it again
1: okay i, I feel like i clearly didn't read this whole i clearly didn't Listen, girl,
0: I'm ready. Read it to me. Read it to me. Okay. Um,
1: She later told reporters that her heart was telling her which way to turn. But when she tried to go back, well, I guess it's not the same because... It was she voices her versus heart, her heart. Her heart, yeah. So her heart was telling her which way to turn, but when she tried to go back, she, you know, the path didn't lead her to her car, so she was lost.
2: I already kind of said that, but whatever. Get over it. So okay. a voice led her out there. And her heart and told a, her which a way to turn. Her heart tried to tell her to get back, and she couldn't. She's
0: really just, you know what I think she needs to do? Listen to the maps more than the heart and the voices. And use Google Maps, the walking,
1: put it on the walking function. Yeah. That's what she needs to do. Mm. Or wear a Garmin. I feel like <gasps> that's what a Garmin washes. OK. I'm sure she doesn't want to. Guess what advice. we're getting her for Christmas I'm, this she, year. I bet you she doesn't want to hear input. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Um, she also said that she's normally an over-preparer. So if she does go for a hike, she brings sunscreen, a hat. Like, it's very unlike her to leave her phone in her car and just, again, maybe she just had a lot on her mind and just wanted to seriously unplug and go. Yeah. I mean, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. Um, so just four days into the search law and enfor- this part made me a little angry just four days into the, sh- the search law enforcement officials announced that they were scaling back the search
0: hey uh-huh. you can't do
1: that yep and it had suspended the official search just four days in no yeah no no yeah so this is when her father stepped in hmm. And they started a GoFundMe account, and he basically paid for the helicopter search because the officials were just like, "Sorry, we. I don't know if they didn't have the resources or they just."
0: Yeah, I mean helicopters are expensive, so right, I get it. But that's your. Oh yeah, job. if it was my kid, so, you believe me, I'd be. Yeah.
1: And she said, "On her her darkest moment was on the 14th day when the helicopters were flying overhead and she couldn't, like, do anything about it or they they didn't see her." Mm. Um, and she said, "You lose hope. Um, you hope." your hope meter starts to decline a little bit. And as the sun starts to go down, you think, "Okay, another night alone, but how am I going to stay warm and how am I going to stay alive? Mm. So as day 14 rolled around, she was slowly losing hope. Um, She said she never felt alone or fearful and that she thought of her family and she just made a choice to live. And she told herself, you can sit on this rock and you can die or you can say mercy and feel pity for yourself. And you can play the victim, or you can start walking down the waterfall and choose life. And that's what she chose to do.
0: On her broken leg. On her
1: broken leg with no shoes. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, um, so hundreds, during this time, hundreds of volunteers continued the search, search efforts. And Eller's friend, uh, Sarah, who sort of became the spokesperson of the family during this time, set, asked for help from... Um, local experienced hunter or hikers, climbers, and um, they hired them also to help find her as well. So the GoFundMe and her father's money also not only paid for the helicopter, but also experienced hikers and stuff to look for her. Nice. Um, And also drone services and stuff like that. And also reading this, the volunteers also faced very similar conditions. Mm. Um, They, you know, they combed through 2,000 acres with machetes and um they were in the jungle and they had a you know thick brush and lots of uh boar there were lots of wild boar oh and they said that they actually had to kill some of the boar because they thought that maybe it had remains in that. In, in searching for her oh no which i thought that's you know so the volunteers also had to go through a lot in in the searches to find her as mm-hmm. well um so on May 20th, she was rescued. They, um, they found her near a waterfall. So when she had that moment where she was like, I can either die or I can live and go to a water source and go to this waterfall, which is where she, she went, and it was also a clear opening, so the helicopter finally saw her. Um, if you Google her name, you can see the actual rescue, and they, they did video, videotape it on their cell phones, and the, um, the three guys that did uh, find her they were just so ecstatic. and again, the one guy had lost his job due to the search, and he just it's just pure joy in their faces and it's something you should definitely look up and it's Aww. it's worth the it's worth the search. Um, so, she was then flown to a hospital mm-hmm. and she really didn't have a lot other than her fractured like a couple fractures and like obviously being a little mentally off from from going through this right she made a statement just the other day and said that she's eager to get back to work and take care of her physical therapy patients she also did that on the side as well and she has some ankle wounds, and her knee hurts, but expects to be off crutches in about a month. And her oh. feet are also super swollen. Oh, I'm sure from you know walking with no shoes on. Right. Um, she said she's so grateful to be alive. She wakes up in the morning, and thinks and thanks God that she has a warm bed and that she got to sleep in and that her body got to rest and heal. Um, and her ankles are getting stronger. And she's grateful for every breath and everything. And she hopes that she never loses that feeling. Um, She also, when she made a statement just a few days ago, um, she also talks about the 35-year-old Noah Mina, who has also went missing on May 20th. Uh And he is an adorable 35-year-old man. I guess you probably shouldn't say adorable for a man, but he's... I love it. He's just gorgeous, and he went hiking in the same type of area and um, when she did make a statement to the press, she said that um, she prays for his family and she knows that the area that he went hiking in is, is much more rough than the area she went hiking in. So she's just, you know, putting her thoughts and prayers out there to him. Um, unfortunately, on Wednesday, yesterday, this was just oh. released, a search helicopter discovered his body um, at the bottom of a 300 foot fall line near the summit of. Moana Kalawina. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm not saying anything. Yeah. Um, it's a 1.7 year old uh, volcano on Maui, which is right next to the forest that she was in. So she survived, but um, unfortunately he did not, and his body was just discovered yesterday, which Ugh. is kind of a bummer. Sorry. Yeah. That's all right. That's, that's all right. That's the story of um, Amanda Eller. And again, this just came out and. Um, she survived um seventeen days.
0: Holy shit.
1: And it was it's great. i'm I'm really like, I feel like that's something that I would do, not as like outdoorsy as she is, but I feel like that's something that I would do is like go for a, a quiet hike and then just get lost somewhere because I'm not very I'm directionally challenged.
0: So um, I can tell you that will never happen to me. Okay, here's where it could happen. If I was on my horse, Donna, yeah. And could, we went on a trail ride yep. and got lost. I could see that happening.
1: But I also think in researching the place, this mountain that she got lost in, it's very, like, the trails are man-made. Like, okay. you wouldn't think. Like, I get why she left her stuff in the car. Because you're like, this is a man-made, like, it's not a big deal. Like, it's 2,000 right. acres, which is a lot. But it's, but, you but know, one wrong move. then she went move, the trail, didn't she? She did, but one wrong move and you're gone, you know? Yeah. You don't know where you're at. Mm-mm.
0: I oh. also feel like, like... I'm so I'm so afraid of everything. I don't know how I'm alive. I know, me um, too. I'm such a wuss. But like I don't want to leave the path because I'm scared of the um, plant life and also the animal life that might be hiding in that area that's out of the path.
1: Well, and I did do some research on like survival tactics like if you do get lost in the woods because mm-hmm. then I was like what if I get lost in the woods somewhere and they said you're supposed to stay in the same place once you realize you're lost like don't go deeper because you're just making it harder. Yeah, yep. And leave, you know, everybody knows this but leave like traces of clothing like she even tried to make an sos sign with like clothing and stuff she found you know try to do that and then um if it's been a few days and try to get to a water source because the main yeah. thing is, is you need water
0: hey here's an idea this is a wacky idea tell me it if you're hiking and you're not sure that you're gonna get out okay why don't you hike with like some spray paint yeah Hi- hike with or, some red or, or yellow some spray friends
1: paint. How about that? Or that.
0: Or, yeah, bring your friends and your phone.
1: Also, tell people where you're going.
0: Yeah.
1: And we've talked about this before. Like, let people know where you're going, uh-huh. you know, what your intention is, just in case anything happens. Like, even if I go out, like, I mean, I've been married for seven years, but even if I go out with my girlfriends, I tell my husband, like, where we're going, just in case something happens. And he knows, like, where I am. Not, right. Not because he wants to know where I am, but because what if something happens?
0: Right. At least then he knows where right. you were right. before like, you went missing. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Right like that's her
1: story you can read up like there's still stuff coming out from it because it's fresh and new um but i think it's really interesting and also teaches us a lesson that just just try to be a little prepared
0: yeah more preparation peeps yeah i like it
1: cool kenny let's hear it
2: okay This, this is a good one this week i think so this is about cameron jeffrey wilson from washington he's 27 years old so, he was carrying a gun in his front pocket on April 5th. Why? It's not smart. I, I don't know. He's a felon. Let's just throw that out there now. Oh, he okay. is a convicted felon. Great. Uh, when the firearm accidentally discharged, the bullet pierced Wilson's testicle and went into his thigh. No. This isn't even the-
0: That's not the worst part? No, do
2: It goes on. Upon <laughs> arriving at the hospital, a doctor was operating on the gunshot wound when- What happened? Any guesses? Um hmm did the gun go off again no i, I doubt he would bring the gun <laughs> into the hospital with jenny him. that
1: was a donnell guess <laughs> wait let me guess um he found another gunshot wound
2: no uh from an earlier previous a balloon of marijuana <gasps> oh my god i almost guessed cocaine. wilson's anus oh!
1: <laughs> i almost guessed that he had like cocaine in his butt
2: well he, here's what's confusing to me marijuana is legal in washington <laughs>
1: It sure is. And so what are you doing, buddy?
2: But I, mean, he I, just I guess likes it's it probably.
1: <laughs> hey, whatever floats your boat. So
2: I'm assuming it's protocol that the hospital must call the police after that or something, because then the police arrived and searched Wilson's car, where they then found a bag of meth. Oh. So why he... are
0: you putting the marijuana up your butt? Put the meth yeah, up your you, butt.
2: The meth should be up your. I don't know. Who knows? You guys. But uh, get so smarter. <laughs> and get a holster a- if you're going to carry
1: a gun, dummy.
2: Not the end yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sure There's still more to this <laughs> story. I was like, Shut up. <laughs> uh, so he was being processed by the county jail and strip searched when another balloon of marijuana came out of his anus.
0: Get out How up many in balloons there? he got up there?
2: It was just two. Just two fell okay. out How
1: okay. big do you think the balloon is? I don't know. Just curious.
0: Do you think you have to lube it before you put it up there? Oh, yeah, probably. Probably. Okay. I hope so. Yeah. I.
2: It just confuses me that he's keeping that hidden when it's when the when meth is, legal. is really the problem. When the right. meth is a problem, yeah.
1: What well, I wonder if the marijuana was like super laced with something, which makes it illegal. But again, the meth is a much harder charge than marijuana.
2: Oh yeah. Well, in
0: in Seattle, marijuana is a- legal. Right. And right.
2: even if it's some sort of super laced marijuana, like it's probably a slap on the wrist. Again, a, yeah. a, a like, much less charge. Yeah. Versus... It's probably like oh, here's like a three hundred dollar fine. When meth, I believe, is jail time. What <laughs> a dummy. <laughs> what so did he live? I mean, obviously he lived. He, he lived. He's going to, his he's court dates like and... sometime mid-June.
0: Did he lose his balls? I don't know.
1: Interesting. Good question. Okay. I think that's the least of his problems right now.
0: I agree. I don't know what, maybe he was high on meth when he I decided he to put the balls up his anus.
2: Maybe. <laughs> maybe he just put the wrong drug up his anus. Maybe. It but there like, were
0: two up there. Was there only one meth or was there a lot of meth? I don't
2: know.
1: Maybe you it, can fit it's the meth way. up there.
2: I don't
0: know. You guys, <sighs> so we're never questions. gonna know. So many questions. There's never an answer. <laughs> I mean, meth for is
2: like too hard. You know, it's like that crystally. Maybe it oh. pierced the balloon, and he's worried about that. Oh yeah. That. And but
0: maybe you know, his body and kill him. Maybe doesn't it doesn't hurt explain. his little butt. Maybe he's like a little baby.
2: It just still doesn't explain him it. putting You're marijuana put up there. you of your butt.
0: Take it. Take it like a man. Do it. Get it up there. Oh my god. There's <laughs> something wrong with this. Jenny's like do you have to use lube for that <laughs> I, I mean the last for, time i mean, asking for a friend the last time I
1: put a balloon up my butt I had to use lube
0: <laughs> if you're doing
2: two you definitely oh, need
0: that, cause, yeah, two like, bottles of KY Jesus <laughs> oh man okay. Um, okay so that's this episode of Sip <laughs> Survive Repeat did oh. we ever say that that's what this was at oh, the beginning no we
1: never do <laughs> oh All wait right. sometimes we do we did, and we this should time. probably say who we are when we're talking. Mm. Like, do people know? Who's I feel who? like you guys say it
2: like, sometimes, okay. realizing it. Right? All right, oh the, Jenny, go first. Okay, this right, has been go.
0: SIP Survivor Pete, and I'm Jenny Day, and I'm Donnell Cherry, and like the fruit. Kenny, Kenny Steinbauer. That's right. Uh, the three of us appreciate you listening, and you can obviously like us on all the socials. Did you want to play that game? Um, we're gonna play it for our Patreon. Oh, got it. So uh, wow. if you guys want to, we have a Patreon page now. Uh, it's Patreon.com/sipsurvive, and we're looking for patrons. And there's gonna be some new content that we're about to record going up there. That's just for our patrons. So um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.